The following podcast is an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find out more by visiting harvestrochester.org. Hey, we're in a series called Greater, right? Greater, we've been here a while since Easter, um, but every week it's just greater. So uh, I mean, it's just more and more and more and more. It's like he's trying to make the point, the author, who we don't even know, right, is trying to make the point to the audience who we know they're Hebrews, but, and Jews, but we don't even know who they are, right? You can speculate on all that. And he's trying to make this point. Jesus is greater, right? Jesus is the greatest of all time. We started with that message. And then we, start, we went to this. He is worthy of worship. And they went to this. Jesus, my great, what? Name some of the things we said. Jesus, my great help. Jesus, my great hope. Jesus, my great encouragement. Jesus, my great, anybody got one? Rest, right? Redeemer. I think we missed one. It's an R, I'm pretty sure. Let's see if I can find it. I think we got it all. He's my great salvation. He's my great encouragement. Last week, we did a little checkup. Was that good? Did you guys check anything this week? You guys have any dashboard things going on? You, get, you guys know, you know coming in here if you're empty or full? Do you know? Do you know? All right. Come on now. This is not your average typical church. I know it's a little warm in here. It's going to get warm. It's in the summer. We don't get to control the air. So just get, you know, it's okay, right? But uh, I do need you to respond. So I'm working hard. How about you? Yes. Did you check yourself at all? I mean, yes. you here? Hold on, pulse? All right, here I am. Oh, I got you. All right, so last week, am I dull of hearing? So listening was the thing, right? And then, and then it was like growing in maturity. Am I growing in maturity? And, and what was the question of that? Am I making progress? Like, can I see my progress? Because if I can't see my progress, I should probably be like, I'm not sure, Right? Now we're going to get into this next passage. Your Bible should probably just flip open to Hebrews at this point, right? I mean, it's just like, bam, there it is. Right there, right? Hebrews chapter 6. And I just got to tell you this about Hebrews chapter 6. This is uh, the most hotly debated <laughs> and the most misunderstood passage in all of the New Testament. So I thought as a five-year preacher, I would just tackle that. No, I didn't think about that at all, actually, when I picked Hebrews, which is why this week has been really difficult. But, uh, you know, I could get up here and be like, hey, you know, this commentator says this, and, you know, they not, none of them agree. And, 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 and this might be the interpretation of this, and it, it's not going to be like that. You study it for yourself, you come up with what you believe to be true, and you act on it. Okay, that's how the word goes. And you'll see that in the passage. So just wanted to, if, if anybody ever asks you, I like to like equip you, church. If anybody asks you, like, what's the hardest passage in the New Testament? You'll be like, oh, I know, I know. My pastor told me. It's Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. I got it. I got it. That's the answer. It's good trivia. All right. Title of the message today is Confident in Better Things. Just let that sink in a little bit. I don't know how your week was. I don't know how your marriage is. I don't know how your kids are doing. I don't know how work is. I don't know how sin is, because sin is an issue still, right? I mean, at some point, at some level, I'm still 
trying to work through my salvation. Sanctification is in full bloom for me. (laughs) But I got to tell you, I came to church to tell you, I am utterly confident of better things. Things that are found in salvation. And I want you to be confident of that as well. So you look at the passage, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse, what did I say? Four, four, good. All right, I'm just going to read one through three just to get you caught up. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ, Messiah, right? What did we say that was? The Old Covenant, the Old Testament, the law, right? And go on to maturity. Literally, that's carried on by the Holy Spirit to maturity, not laying again a foundation. Again, that's the Old Testament, the Old Covenant of repentance, of dead works, right? Remember what they used to do? They put their hands on the lamb, right? And they like repent again. Every year is blood on doorposts. Every year is like, all right, we got to do it again. Get our sins onto this lamb and let's be done with this thing, right? And they would repent and, and slay the lamb year after year after year. And what did I tell you to write down on the side? I know some of you guys did it. What did I tell you to write down on the side here? Once for all. Once for all. That's really huge. It's going to be huge today again. Once for all. Okay. So not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instructions about washings and of laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. All Jewish principles, okay? But also that translate into our faith. So he's kind of trying to get them to see, hey, don't go back to Judaism. Stay here at Christianity. Follow Jesus Christ. Okay, now we're into our passage. For it is impossible. When you see words like always, never, impossible, it should get your attention. When God's word says it, it should get your attention really good, right? All right, it's like, what? Now, I have in parentheses, in the case of, right? So, look at it. For it is impossible in the case of those that have Uh, who have been enlightened, that's the first thing, and who have tasted, second thing, the heavenly gift, and have shared, third thing, in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted, fourth thing, same word as above, the goodness of the word of God and the powers, literally miracles, of the age to come. You think any of these guys had experienced any of those things? You remember back what we studied in a couple of chapters ahead? That he says that, uh, uh, and God bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. I mean, these guys were like, oh yeah, I get what you're saying. Powers of the age to come. I know what you're talking about. Sometimes we lack that understanding, but he knows. And then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt, literally to open shame. For the land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful, I love that word useful, circle that, useful, I want to be useful, God, to those for whose sake it is cultivated, receives a blessing. Ooh, I like that. That got my attention. I want the blessing. I want to be useful and I want to be a blessing. I want to be useful and I want to be blessed. And then what? He says this, from God. 
Because verse 3 up there said, I I think I skipped it, but it, it says, and this we will do if God permits. So it's from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless. You might circle that word. That's a great warning for us. We don't want to be worthless. And that is near to being cursed. I love that. God even loving in that second. It's near. I'm not going to do it yet, but it's near. It's just, he's, this is a warning, right? So he's like, hey, 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 you're close. You're really close. You don't want to be close. And if you're close today, get over here, right? Like repent. That's what he's saying. He's like, don't, you know, it's impossible if you walk across that line and say, I don't even care about God. God, yeah, I know all about him. I know the grace of God. I know everything about him. I went to church all my life, but I don't care. And if you get to that point, it's saying you've crossed the line and you can't come back. I don't want to be there. So if you're close and you've heard the gospel, Get over here, right? Like, come on, let's go. That's what he's saying. Repent, near to being cursed, and its end, just to give a little more weight, is to be burned. I have written down in my Bible there, Matthew 13 and John 15. If I have time, I may read those passages for you later because they're really key to understanding the field, the field, okay? All right, so, though we speak in this way, Yet in your case, beloved, it's got to get close to Josh. Though I speak in this way, Josh, yet in your case, loved one, right? Like just, he's like putting his hand on him. He's like, hey, I love you. I love you, you know? He's like getting really close. He's like, I love you. Loved ones, right? I love you. I want to give you a hug, you know? Yet I speak in this way, but loved ones, loved ones, listen, listen, listen. We feel sure, confident of better things, things that belong to salvation, for God is not unjust. Well, if he's not unjust, what is he? Okay, that was weak. So it's not, it's like true or false. It's not even a multiple choice. So if he's not unjust, then he's just. Okay, perfect, great. I just make sure you're awake. I, I, I tend to lull you to sleep, obviously. Okay, he's just. So if God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown, it's visible for his name, in serving the saints as you still do, it's continuing, and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish. Remember that word sluggish is the same as dull of hearing. It's spiritual apathy. If you're sitting here right now, I'm kind of getting slow into the message. Maybe that's your test. But if you're sitting right here, here right now and you're like, when can we get to leave? Like, I'm already done. Like, the worship was great, but you're sick. Like, let's go. Like, that's spiritual apathy. I'll just call that what it is. I'm not saying I'm any great preacher, but this is the word of God. It's life, it's breath. If you're feeling that way, that's a good checkup, right? That's a, uh, might be something wrong today. I might need to come back, or I might need to think about this. Just, just wanted to say that, just for your, your benefit. Thought that was really clear. We desire for you, each one of you, to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators 
An imitator is like a follower. Kids do this great. An imitator of those who through by faith and patience, underline both those, faith and patience, inherit the promises. So here, here's the thing. Um, I read whatever passage I'm going to preach in four different versions every week. And it helps me. And I could tell you a lot more about why I do that. You get to see the rub points and different things where translators translate different words. But I want to read it to you in the NLT because it's the easiest to understand. Okay? So I'm just going to read the same passage straight through. This will help you to get a grasp of what we're talking about. Here it is. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God, by rejecting Jesus, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up, putting him on the cross for public shame. When the ground soaks up the falling rain, man, that happened this morning, and bears a good crop for the farmer, it, was, it is blessed, right? It is God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless the farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Dear friends, loved ones, even though we are talking about this, we really don't believe it applies to you. If you're a child of God, I don't believe this applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how you how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for your brothers, the other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Do you understand? Let me explain it to you. Here's, 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 here's how I'm going to do it. I said to you, I am confident of better things. I am confident of things concerning salvation. I'm confident. And you say, why are you confident? Go ahead. Why? Why? Why are you confident? All right? Well, I'm confident uh, because we have this in Christ. We have this in Christ. He's been proving this and proving this and proving this and proving this. And uh, I want to give you a because I statement. That's the whole message. It's a sermon and a sentence, okay? And I'm going to build on it. And at the end, you take this phrase, and that's why. That's the why. It's because I, oh, I don't want to tell you because I'll let it out of the box, right? Because I, the first thing is follow. Because I follow. Because I follow. Imitators is the word. Because I follow. I'm an imitator. Imitator of who? Imitator of the saints. Hebrews 11. Anybody read that this week? Yeah, imitating all those guys, right? Yeah, imitating all those guys. And uh, imitating Christ, imitating the apostles. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. 
I would say to you as your pastor, please imitate me as I imitate Christ. And when I'm not acting like Christ, please point out that I'm not and don't imitate that. Is that clear? That's how we would hold each other accountable. All right? Okay, that's what we're talking about. And what we're not talking about is what it says in the passage here. It is impossible in case of those who have been enlightened, tasted the heavenly gift, and shared in the Holy Spirit, and who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and have fallen away. So the opposite of follow is not follow. I'm falling away. I'm not going to be here. I'm just, I'm not coming back next week. And, you know, it wasn't that you planned not to come back. It's just you got tripped up into some sin and you were just like, I I think I'm going to be ashamed there. I'm going to be a mess. And so I'm not going to come back. And I want to say to you, if that's the way you're thinking, your thinking is wrong. It's skewed, right? That's Satan thinking for you. We want you to come back. We want you to get uh, loved on and grace filled here so that you can then walk in that grace, right? It isn't because I did anything great or anything cool or saved myself. It's not by works of righteousness, right? But it's according to his grace and mercy that we are saved. So no matter what happens this week, you should come back next week. Do you get that? But I think Satan gets us kind of like sideways and we fall away even though we have been enlightened, even though we have been, um, you know, all of these things tasted and shared and, and uh, seen everything. You see a video like that, baptism video, and you're like, what? And if you were here that day, you're like, what? You know, I love that. I'm not missing the, the end of the month, right? June 26th when we go to one by. I'm not missing that. By God's grace, I want to get in the tank and baptize some people. And I hope you're thinking that same thing. If you have a disciple that needs to be baptized, hopefully you'll bring them and you'll get in the tank and baptize them. Right? That's what we're talking about. We are called to make disciples. Right? So not falling away. Um, all these enlightened, I would love to explain it for you. Uh, let's just say to reveal. Has the gospel ever been revealed to you? Right? If it's been revealed to you, if the Holy Spirit's opened your eyes then you've tasted the heavenly gift, right? You've tasted it, right? And some people want to say, well, it's tasted like, as in Quinn tasted, uh, my three-year-old, he like takes a bite and then he spits it out. And they're like, yeah, they were never saved at all. Like they just tasted, they spit it out. But the word means swallow, right? So it's not Quinn tasted, right? It's, it's like, I swallowed it. I have it, right? So we're definitely talking about a believer here. You go, well, hold on. If we're talking about a believer, then if they go back to apostasy, then they're not going to be saved. Like, are we talking about you can lose your salvation? Is that what we're talking about? I believe in eternal security. And the Bible teaches that everywhere. If you just read this passage, you'd be like, you can lose your salvation. But we don't just read this passage. We look at the whole Bible, right? Philippians 1.6 says what? He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Bam. Once saved, always saved, right? Write this verse down. When I was struggling with my own salvation, somebody helped me with this verse. John chapter 10, verses 27 through 29. Write that down and go read that. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me, right? He knows who are his and he keeps them along, right? I mean, all the language up top, And what I'm going to preach next week, it's all about eternal security. It's all about claiming the promise that we've already been given, right? So I'm not saying, 
Eternal security is not right. You are secure. If you're saved, once saved, always saved. You want to know what the problem is with that phrase? Are you ready? Is your heart open or do you got your inner lawyer, lawyer up? Deactivate inner lawyer now. Okay? The problem with once saved, always saved is people are always majoring on the always saved. Always saved, always saved, always saved, always saved, always saved. I'm always saved. And you'll hear people say, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. I said a prayer when I was three, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. I got baptized as an infant, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, right? I got confirmed at 12 years old, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, always saved. But what's the problem with that? You left out the first two words, once saved. You got to get saved once first. And salvation only comes through Jesus Christ, not through any human act or work. So that's the problem with the thinking, right? People want to go, oh, once saved, always saved. And I go, once saved, we're going to see some fruit saved, right? Once saved, Jesus saved, right? Not you saved yourself. So I think that's really important. Hopefully you've understood all of that. Let's not fall away. To fall away is real. It's a real problem. People do fall away, right? Not the people in the church, right? You're here. Oh, hold on. Yeah, just a second. But it's not physical, it's spiritual. So you might be sitting here and have fallen away in your heart. And I'm pleading with you and imploring you, right? Don't, if you're even near to that, don't go there. Don't go there because when you go there, what does it say? It's irreversible. It, it, it says it's, it, you're not coming back. So don't go to that not coming back place. Don't be one of the Nicolaitans. You're like, what in the world is he talking about? Revelation chapter 2 talks about Nicolaitans. And one of the deacons in chapter 6 of Acts was Nicholas, right? And we think that came from, you know, all of this. It's a guy that was fully immersed, right? And he's like, nope, don't believe that. I believe something else. I believe that you can do this and you can do this and it just screws them all up. And he isn't coming back. You get it? He's not coming back. Now, was he once saved, always saved? Now, that's the tough question, isn't it? Let's just say this. If your faith hasn't changed you, it hasn't saved you. Can we just agree on that? If your faith hasn't changed you, if there's no evidence of your salvation, it hasn't saved you. Right, good. All right, so stop being on your own plan, please. (laughs) Please stop being on your own plan for salvation, for following God, okay? I just want to read for you Acts chapter five quickly. Acts chapter five Verse 22, I'll just read it for you quickly. And when they had begun and brought them uh, in, they set them in the council, talking about the apostles, and this is now the second time they've kind of gotten them here. And the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charged you not to teach in this name. What name do you think it is? Yeah, it's Jesus' name. They won't even say the name, but they're like, don't do it. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. You might feel like that today. I'm being pretty bold with the name of Jesus. Like I grew up in a different religion and I believe in my religion and I'm really challenging a religion and I'm saying relationship trumps all of that. It's Jesus, right? And so you might be like, dude, I don't know what you're doing here. I don't like your teaching. 
But Peter and the apostles answered, I love this, we must obey God rather than man. Bam. I follow. Who do I follow? I follow Jesus, right? Let me just read the rest of this. We must obey God rather than man. And the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on the tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit with whom God has given those whom God has given to those who obey him. So if we're going to follow, we got to obey. Correct? Is it clear? I follow. I'm confident of better things because I'm not on my own plan. I'm following Jesus. Jesus says this, I say okay. Jesus says this, I say okay. Jesus says this, I say okay. I'm not going to come back and do this and fall away and then pick up the hammer and nail, right? Like the Jews did. The Jews were always like picking up the hammer and nail. Like let's crucify Christ again. Let's He's like, no, 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 we're not in Judaism, man. We're not doing this once a year thing. This is once for all thing. This, you could just put this away now. This is done. You don't have to do that, right? Do you understand? All right, moving on. I follow Jesus. That's the thing. I follow Jesus. Jesus is superior to angels. He's the son of God. He's crowned with glory and honor because he died for us. Consider Jesus, we've been all over this, Count worthy, counted worthy of more glory than Moses. We have a great high priest, Jesus, the son of God, from the order of Melchizedek. All of this about Jesus, we've all learned this. This is all to build my confidence in Jesus. I thought I might build your confidence with this. Watch this video. Did you read all that? I mean, just flat out, does that encourage you? I mean, that's who I'm following right there, right? He was appointed heir. He created the world. He is the upholder of the universe. He is sitting at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for me right now as we speak. Woo! I mean, I don't know. That just gets me cranked up. Who I follow. You follow whoever you want. I'm following Jesus, man. That's who I'm following. I love that Joshua says that. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's the kind of moment you've got to have. 
You've got to have this moment where you're like, man, I've read about Jesus and I've seen it and I've heard about him and it's in my head, but you've got to get it to your heart where you're like, I follow Jesus. That's it. Nobody else will do. Nobody else. There's not even a close second. I follow Christ. You know what blessed me about this wedding this weekend? Michael Coons was in my small group, and Ben Levno is his small group leader. We've been working with him a long time. He got saved when he was 13, but he really came back to the Lord, right? Near to walking away, but came back to the Lord, right? And uh, the last two years, he's just been growing a ton, but he never had been baptized. So we're in our final counseling session, right, with him and Rebecca, and I, I'm like, hey, bro, here's the deal. Just, I'm just going to speak the truth in love, right? Just like I'm doing right now. I said, you know, I look at Becca, and I sense that she really loves God, and she kind of loves you too, right? She's crazy about you, but she really, really loves God. But I look at you, and I sense that you really love Becca, and you kind of like God. And I'm like, you've got to commit to Christ all in first. That's the only way this thing's going to work. Do you get it? That's the only way. If you're committed to Christ, and she's committed to Christ, it's the only way this thing's going to work. He's like, yeah, I get it. I sent him home with some scripture references, all about baptism. And he got baptized on Friday. Got baptized. Four o'clock, we found a pool out in Stewartville on our way to Spring Valley. A bunch of family out there. And he gave his testimony. This is why I'm following Christ. This is why I want to be baptized. It was him. And we baptized him. Then we went to rehearsal. And then he married his bride yesterday. And they couldn't have been happier. And it was so crazy cool to see him in order right? Who are you following? Who are you following? Whose plan are you on? What thing are you following, right? Man, sometimes I'm following sports. Sometimes I'm following family. Sometimes I'm following, just pick something. Pleasure. I want to be following, right? Jesus. And when I'm following Jesus, I follow Jesus. When I say that, when I'm truly saying that and meaning it, I'm confident of better things. I'm absolutely confident of better things. He's always going to come through. Have you ever been following Jesus and you're like, oh, what happened? No. Because even in the darkest, deepest trial with Jesus, you've been like, I got this. I mean, he's got it and I'm just along for the ride, right? Even then, even when it's hard, even with cancer or other things, I wouldn't make light of any of these things. Even through it all, with Christ, I have everything, right? All right, now keep going in the passage. It's all about Jesus, but then look at verses 7 and 8. Uh, I follow Jesus fruitfully, Jesus fruitfully, for the land, who's the land? Like, I don't know, I, I thought we were paying you to tell us. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. I'll let you off the hook this time, all right? So the land is you. Point to who the land is. That's me. I'm the land, right? The land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it. Now, I want you to think about this. Are you drinking it up today? Last week, were you eating the word, right? Your words were found and I ate them and they became a delight to me, and a joy of my heart, right? Eating it up, drinking it up, the Seed of the gospel spread last week. And then the word, right? Living water and breath of life. And then the spirit, right? I mean, just, 
you ha- we have so much. And it's so tasty. It's so good. And it, what does it say? Often falls on. It will fall on you as often as you want it to, right? As often as you allow it to. It's not like God's like, well, maybe I'll show up. God wants to show up. God wants to be here today in your life. He's not like maybe someday, you know? He's like, today's the day. Didn't we preach that? Today's the day. Do not harden your heart. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today is the day. So anyway, the land, the rain, the rain, the gospel, the living water, the Holy Spirit. And then do you see these words, produces and bears, produces and bears. There's, there's some work being done here and it produces a crop, useful crops, like I can eat the corn, like I can harvest the fruit. You get it? That's what it produces. Useful to those for whose sake it's cultivated. I planted the field because I'd like to eat from it. I'd like to see fruit for my labor, right? And that's what's going on. And then he says, it receives a blessing. From who? Who does it receive a blessing from? Well, your pastor will tell you, good boy. Good boy, Ryan. Well done. Awesome job. Way to serve. Good job. That'd be great, you know? Yeah. Everybody should serve in the church. Everybody should go to small group because Steve will go, good for you. Good job. If that's what you're going for, you're not going to like the result, right? But if you're going for like, I want God, I want to stand face to face with Jesus Christ and I want to see well done. I want to see the grace at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I want to see him say, well done. I want to hear it with my own ears as I get up off the floor, right? I want to be like, no, no, don't. Don't fear. Well done. Good job. Welcome home. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear from him, not anybody else. I don't care what anybody else thinks of me. I care what God thinks. I want to be fruitful for him. And then there's this, but it bears, but if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed and its end is to be burned. I mean, that's just a scary analogy. That's just a scary picture. Number one, I don't want to be worthless. Number two, I don't want to miss anything close, right? I don't want to, nobody likes to get second place. Nobody likes to be disqualified just before they finish the race. Nobody wants any of that. I don't want to be near and fall short. I want to finish, right? Am I the only guy? Everybody else, you got quitters? Like, I'm not, I'm not a quitter. No matter what happens, I want to finish. I want to get it done, right? And I don't want to get burned. And a lot of people are like, well, that's about hell. And I'm going to be burned in hell. And, you know, again, commentators, blah, blah, blah. The the illustration stands. I don't want that. I want the other thing, right? But then if you go to, like, John 15, which I'm not going to read because of time, but you can go read John 15, the first eight verses, right? Which say, by your fruits you will know them, right? Like, If you bear fruit, you will prove to be my disciples, it says in verse 8. It's all about the vine dresser and all this, and he prunes and he throws away stuff and he burns that off so that it'll be more growth over here. So either way, wherever you find yourself, whether you just need a little pruning today or whether you need to just like pick up the whole pile of sticks and throw them in the fire and go, I'm going to be a new creation today, no matter what it is, don't get close and don't get burned, right? Right? Don't be worthless. Let's keep moving on. 
I follow Jesus faithfully. The evidence of my salvation is in bearing fruit. Can I say this? We don't decide what fruit comes. Because I think everybody starts thinking that way and they're like, well, I gotta manufacture some fruit. I gotta like, hey, Michael, I could use your hand. Okay, come here. So, so I just need you to like, I'm, I'm really needing some fruit so that people know that I'm, here, it's right here. I, I just strap this on me, please. Like, I really need some fruit because people don't think I'm saved and so I just need to strap some fruit on me. Okay, that's, that, thank you, man. Here, can I, I need, I just want people to be sure, so could you, could you put some, come more on me here? <laughs> right, 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 where do you want it? Right here. Okay, yeah. right here, that's great. Thanks, thanks. Just help me out a little bit, because I, I just don't want people to think I'm not saved, so I got to strap some fruit on. So I'm going to, I'm going to serve in the church. You good with that? I'm going to serve in the church. I got more fruit. Should I put it on? You think they know I'm saved or not? Yeah. Like, what do you think? Like, should, get some more? All right, okay, I just don't want, I just want anybody to think I'm not saved, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go serve the church, I'm going to go to small group, I'm going to get her all done, you know, everything I can do to make sure that everybody sees what I'm doing, I'm going to get some fruit, right? I need my fingers though. All right, thanks. So, so this is what it looks like, right? And it's not very comfortable. It's like I have a growth on me, you know? I'm not very, com- I don't want to walk around like this cumbersome, right? Yeah, it's falling off. Then you're like, oh no, people are really going to know I'm not saved. (gasps) Right? I mean, isn't that how it is? Have you ever lived like that? I grew up like that. I grew up like that. Always trying to do it for somebody else. I got baptized in sixth grade for somebody else. And then I got baptized again when I was 30 because it was for Jesus Christ. Do you get that? Don't try to strap fruit on. Don't try to get in a hurry. The fruit will come. Yours is not the fruit. Yours is the faithfulness. You be faithful, and the fruit will come out of your faithfulness. Does that make sense? I will follow Jesus. Maybe you need to say faithfully there, but I'm saying fruitfully because I want to see fruit. I'm in the long term, not the short term, but maybe you just need to say faithfully. If you you short term in it, just be like, I'm going to do it faithfully. I'm going to do it faithfully. Then this, look at verses 9 through 12. 9 through 12, this is really the punchline. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved loved ones, we feel sure of better things. I am confident that you're going to do something else. I don't think any of that applies to you. If you're a follower in Jesus Christ today, everything I just said is like, boom, kick it out the door. It's impossible. It can't even happen to you. Do you get that? So sometimes we come to this passage as believers and we're like, ah, you know, and we're just like, I don't know, I don't know, am I saved or am I not? Am I saved or am I not? I used to come to this passage like that. You know how I come to this passage now? It says impossible, as in it's never going to happen to me. Because that's impossible. Because I read Philippians 1.6 and I read John 10.27 and I know where I'm going. And I see some faithfulness and I see some fruit as it comes. And I'm not going to stop now. I'm going to go on forever. Right? That's the next point. I follow Jesus fruitfully forever. You see it there. He's not done with us. He's just starting. There's endurance required. There's perseverance required. So here it is. For God is not unjust to overlook. You know that God has a book? Do you know he has a book? A book of life. But he has other books. And he writes it down, or somebody writes it down for him. But there's a book. He knows everything you've done. You think he keeps track? 
He's keeping track. You're like, well, I don't want him to keep track of my sins. That sounds like legalism. He's going to keep track again? You know, that book where he kept track of your bad stuff, that's gone. It's covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That book has to be written too. Do you understand that? Without that book, without the sin, you don't need a savior. You're good. But with the book, that book, where the sins are written, you need Jesus' blood to like spill all over that page. Do you understand that? You need to be covered there. And if you try to do it a different way, you try to rip that thing out, make paper airplanes out of it and fly it and like, dude, that isn't going to work. You need Jesus Christ to cover that. He stood in the courtroom, judge with gavel coming down, God the Father with gavel coming down, going to say condemned. And he said, oh, wait a second. I died for them. And it was a just payment because he was a perfect savior. Crazy. Who does that? Nobody would do that except for Jesus. Jesus did it for you. And he stepped in and he said, no, 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 no. I know they're guilty, but I'm going to take the beating. I'm, you, you kill me. And then we're just going to let them off. Is that cool, dad? It's like, all right, if that's what you want, son. It's your inheritance. So if that's the way you want the inheritance, okay. And the gavel comes down and he says, not guilty. If that doesn't bring a tear to your eye, right? Just think about it. Like, not guilty. I've done so much to be guilty. I've done so much to be guilty. And he says, not guilty. It's crazy. He, he comes down with it. And, and, and then and he says, your work, your work. So there's some work involved. Work follows faith, doesn't it? If you have faith, work should come. Work should come. James 2 says that. Faith without works is, is dead. So your work, and what is the work? The love that you have shown for who? For his name. Whose name? The love that you have shown for Jesus. That's work. Love that you have shown for Jesus. In this world, that's really work, right? And then what does it say? What's your work? The love that you've shown for Jesus in serving the saints. In serving the saints. Saints behind us, you can go read Hebrews uh, 11 at the last two verses. Go read that. That's all about how we serve the saints that have gone be before us. And then we serve the saints next to us. Just look at the person next to you and say, I'm serving you. Go ahead. Come on. I'm serving you. That's what I'm here to do. I'm serving you by loving you. I love you. I'm serving you by loving you. That's what I'm doing, right? I'm serving you. That's what we do, church. That's uncommon, isn't it? Lots of churches don't serve anybody that, but themselves, but we're serving each other. I'm serving you, Jared, and I know you're serving us. Thanks for all you do in the finances, man. I'm really grateful for that. And I could go around and say that about everybody in this room. I just picked one. I could go around and just say, hey, thanks for doing this. Thanks for doing that. And it's astounding, your service to the Lord. It's proof of your salvation. It's fruit, right? But the point is forever. So you're going, where's forever? I don't know. Where's the forever? I don't Oh, it's the next phrase. I got it underlined in my Bible so I don't forget. What does it say? What does it say right after that? As you still do. Had they stopped? Had they quit? Had they gone off the tracks? Were they done? Did they say, I did that once. I'm, I'm through with it. 
I went to church. I was an elder once. I was a deacon. I ran Awanas. I led FPU. I, I did whatever. But now, time to sit. It's good. I'd been there, done that. Let these young punks do it. I don't think so. It says, as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of the hope. What is the word, next three words? Until the end. And again, if you've been reading Hebrews, what are we reading? Reading Hebrews, seven today, right? Eight tomorrow, nine the next day. For you guys that weren't here last week, I asked our church to read Hebrews 7 through 13, one chapter at a time. Start seven on Sunday, end with 13 on Saturday. Hey, church, if you didn't do it this week, you get an opportunity to do it again this week, right? And we're going to do it three weeks in a row. Why? Because everything is building up to the punchline. And if you know Hebrews 11, you're in the know right now. You're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, Hebrews 11. That's at the end of that, he talks about how people suffered and died. So when he's talking about till the end, he's talking about till I die. Till I die. And if I have to die in suffering, great. Or if he comes back and I get to leave victorious in life, awesome too. But no matter which way it is, no matter which way it is, it's going to be forever. It's going to be forever. Can you say that? I follow Jesus fruitfully forever. I still do. Mature believer in this room. I don't call you out very often because I love you very much and I respect you. Many people have been in the faith longer than I have. You're committed to Christ. I'm grateful. But are you still doing it? Are you still doing it to the degree you used to do it? Are you still loving him? Are you still serving the saints to the degree you used to do it? There's seasons to stop and take a respite, eh? Is there not? There's seasons where I'm just off the tracks, I'm not healthy, and I got to get out. And I'll be back in a little bit. Some of you guys have come from other churches. You've been burned out because you weren't working healthy. We don't want you to work unhealthy here. So please don't jump in right now. Get healthy. But you can get healthy quicker if you actually feed yourself. If you wait and let us feed you with milk every week, it's going to take six months to a year. If you feed yourself, it could take weeks. And you'll be back sooner. And we're not going to crush you with the weight of serving. We want to help you with a little bit at a time. And you, you just bear up under a little weight. Does that make sense? All right, where are you at? Have you been baptized? Got to ask that. We're having a baptism. Anybody that hasn't been baptized should be baptized after Christ, right? After salvation. Have you been baptized? Are you growing? Do you see progress? Are you reading the word? I'm teeing it up for you. I'm giving you passages to read. Are you reading the word? There's, there's life here. There's breath here. Just a little check-in, right? Are you doing community? You're like, that's code word for am I in a small group? All right, you got me. That's code word. On, community, on common community, we say it's found here at Harvest in small groups. So yes, I'm asking you, are you in a small group? Are you a part of this local church? Are you a member of the church? Are you worshiping, walking, and working for Christ? If you are, sign the paper and let's go, right? It's momentum for the church and it's protection for you. Along with that, maybe the highest level of anything anybody will do is are you giving, right? Are you tithing? To give 10% of what I make off the top, just, just there to God. Like that is like maybe the highest level of like I am nothing, 
right? I'm sacrificing all for God. I'm pushing everything in. I believe, right? How you doing? I've kind of gone through the stages. You might be in any one of those places. Don't feel bad wherever you are. All right? Faithfully, fruitfully, forever. I'm not stopping now. Oh, got stuck on baptism. Well, time to break free. Oop, got stuck on progress, not making any. Time to break free. Oop, got stuck on reading the word, not doing it. Well, time to break free. This week, y'all should have a decision to make this morning. Matter of fact, this passage demands, it demands a response. I forgot to tell you that, didn't I? This passage demands a response. Look at verse 12. This is the last thing. Look at verse 12. 11, 11, sorry. And we desire... I mean, that's a word for lust. So, I, I mean, that lust is usually a bad thing, but long for, to crave, to set one's heart upon. We desire, what is the word? Each one. That means every one of you to show. Do you know what show means? To demonstrate, to cause to be known, to show forth oneself, to display, to exhibit, to be marked by, to be pointed out. You're like, I don't want to be pointed out at church, but this is what the passage says that you should want to be pointed out, that you should want to show, right? You're like, well, that's kind of weird. I don't want to show everybody. I'm like, no, no, no. You're not doing it for their approval. You're doing it for the approval of Jesus Christ Almighty. Do you understand that? And he's saying, come, come quick. Let's go. Don't be sluggish. Don't be slow to hear. Don't be spiritually stuck. Don't be apathetic. That's what he's saying, clear and simple. He's going, shake it loose right now. And then he goes on to say this, show the same earnestness. Do you know what earnestness means? Eagerness, diligence, do it quickly. Do it quickly. Like when I say go, I'm not gonna say go. When the Holy Spirit says go in your life, run, right? That's what it means. Run to it, let's go. That's what it's talking about. Do one's best. Maybe your run is a, is a jog. Maybe your run is a walk. Maybe your run is just a hand in the air. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. However you move, right? But this requires a response. Do one's best with zeal, effort, haste. Apply oneself. Devote oneself. It, it, it has earnestness. I'm still on earnestness. Urgency, gravity, seriousness because of the horror of not doing it. It's like, I got to do this because if I don't, I might take a step in the wrong direction. I might get stuck and might fall away. I don't want to go back. I'm going forward. We're going forward towards maturity, right? That's what this whole series has been building up to. Big step for you today. Big step. I don't know what step it will be for you, but big step. Here's, here's the climax, right? I will follow Jesus. I'm going to ask the guys to come up, and um, here's the point. I will follow Jesus fruitfully forever by faith. By faith. Look at verse 12. So that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Through those who. Those who. When it says those who, what are you thinking? Who are those? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, who's the those? Who's the who? Right? If you go read Hebrews 11 again this week, you'll be like, oh, those. That's who. You know, all right. I get it. That's, that's who. 
It's those guys. And it's the saints. It's the people around you who believe, who are going before you in the faith. Notice that the word faith is before patience. Do you see that? It starts with faith, then comes the patience, the endurance, the perseverance, all the way to death. I'll even die for this, right? But it starts with faith first. So maybe the phrase should say like this, I will follow Jesus by faith, fruitfully, forever. I will follow Jesus by faith. You can write it down, you can change it around, whatever you gotta do. I will follow Jesus by faith, fruitfully, forever. Now listen, listen very close. I have confidence in better things. And the reason I have confidence in better things this weekend, this Sunday, is because I believe that. And because I want to do that. And because I'm committed to do it. And because I am doing it. I follow Jesus, right? By faith, fruitfully. And I'm going to follow forever. Can you say that? Because if you can say that, or if you want to say that today, right? If you want to, you're like, man, I want that confidence. How do I get it? That's it. That phrase right there. I follow. Who are you following? I follow Jesus. How are you following him? By faith. I'm just going to get up out of my chair. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to follow him by faith. On the next step, whatever it is, I'm going to follow him with fruitfulness. I'm going to follow him forever. Get that phrase. Why did you make me write it so many times, Steve? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Because I want you to know it. I want you to take it with you. I want it to be brazen on you. I want it to be set in your heart that God loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Some of you guys read that this week? Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. But I'm asking you to change. I'm asking you to be, make a commitment. I'm asking you to do it with earnestness. So here's the deal. Capture this moment by faith, okay? If you need to confess sin, if you need to just accept Jesus Christ by faith, capture this moment by faith and this, choose faith quickly, right? So here's how we're gonna respond. People are always wondering, right? How, do I, how am I gonna respond? It demands a response and I gotta get out of my chair or do something. You know what? These guys are gonna sing. Maybe you're going to stand up. It's got to be from the heart first. Maybe you're going to get down here and you're going to kneel down, man. That'd be great. Bunch of people kneeling down. That's great. Some of you guys are bold enough to do that. Maybe you're just going to raise your hand where you're at. Maybe you're going to go back there and get alone in a corner and you're just going to get on your knees before God. But this demands a response. This demands that you change, that you want, right, to do better that you want to be confident in better things, that you want to follow Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Is that clear? Let me pray for you right now. Father, I pray that these people will respond however you feel led, that they will feel the freedom to respond the way they feel led to respond, and that they will respond by your Holy Spirit, that they will respond with earnestness, that they will respond quickly, fervently with all they have and that they will show one another, not in a showy way, but in a way we show you, Jesus Christ, <laughs> that they will show you 
how much they love you. Because we follow you, Jesus. We follow you by faith. So build our faith right now. Stretch it right now. And we do it fruitfully and we do it forever. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.